Hey, everybody. It's a brand new Something's Burning Uncut. If you don't know, this is the audio to the podcast, audio to the cooking show I have called Something's Burning. This is from the point the mics go on until the point the mics come off. Um, this is a great one. It's two dudes were, when, when I first had Georgia, these two guys were like, all I watched every day, all day on Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. So this is literally a dream come true. They're both stand-up comedians. They really need no introduction. I'm certain that if you're listening to this now, when we tape this and what we said then, I'm sure is definitely out of bounds these days. And is so trigger warning, okay? Trigger warning. <laughs> Today's something burning uncut. Stand-up comedians, Colin Quinn and Nick DiPaolo. two shows one night and they were like really like my dad grew up in levittown oh he did yeah my dad grew up in levittown he was like his fa- his father was one of the got one of the first block houses oh ah, yeah yeah, yeah it was so, a military I, I remember the first time going into his house colin take a seat no thank you are we on the air <laughs> yeah <laughs> on the air <laughs> yes this is live on abc <laughs> Where are we supposed to put our legs? Yeah. Just, just scoot back. Huh? Just make yourself comfortable. Oh, okay. They'll find you. I didn't know if I was. So I remember the first time I saw one of those track houses. I went to my grandmother's house, and then we went over to their friend's house. And I walked in, and I go, hey, this is the same house, your house. And my dad was like, yeah, it's a track housing. And he was like, dickhead, we live in track housing in Florida. And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, you know how the Arnold's house looks like ours? I was like, no, it's got different carpet. And he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I catch on slow. That's Wait. where you grew up, Florida? Tampa. I was there last weekend. Really? Where? Side splitters? Yes, I was. Yeah, Bobby Jewell. The great Bobby Jewell. Bobby, you know what Bobby Jewell used to do for me? Coke. <laughs> Bobby's going to like that, too. Uh, he used to put in an offer every year to compete with the improv and just jack the price up. And I was never going to side splitters, but they'd have to match it. So when I first met Bobby Jewell, it was with Bobby Kelly. And he was like, he was like, ah, he never took my offers. I go, yeah, but I always got better offers. That was there. I was like, oh, thanks. Wait, when did you guys meet each other? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Are you doing blow? Um, <laughs> I think I met Nick in probably 87 or 86. 80, 87, I'd say. Boston? Well, 88, actually. That's when I first started coming down to New York. Yeah. yeah. First time I saw was in a screaming match with a hot girl. Really? Remember that? <laughs> uh, no. This, yeah. I should. Yeah. They were at the few, bar at Cash. Few. You guys were screaming. At the bar? Yeah, well, maybe it was later on. I asked for a line in the fucking... <laughs> no, it was some girl. It wasn't at the ball. It was just a co- audience member. Oh, <laughs> think about you're asking me if I remember that. That happens every night for the last thirty years. There's there's one great. And by the way, we have an edit point. <laughs> the one great Nick DiPaolo story. Oh, I forget the club is. Uh, uh, Maybe you should edit before you go. The one great Nick DiPaolo story. <laughs> <laughs> face. Oh my God! We haven't even burnt anything yet. <laughs> Find it and just wave a towel around it. That's, that adds comedy to the... Yeah. Yeah, do we have fi- smoke machines? It is. In, how did we smoke this place out the other day? It's. Oh, it already happened one day? Temperature. It's the broiler's on. Oh, the broiler's on. Ah. Oh. Turn, turn the broiler off? Yeah. All right. Unless you're going to use it. We're going to use it later. It's still on. You're going to broil the chicken palm? That's sick. No, we're going to broil it to melt the... Just to yeah. melt the yeah, cheese. sick up. No, the one where you got the bachelorette party. He said, next time I hope you put on your deodorant. Next time you put on your deodorant. Do you remember this? Get a lump in you. <laughs> <laughs> I, that went over so well, I used it for the next 10 years. Are you serious? I, well, I'm just saying. Dude, I, uh, yeah. I think you were the guy that everyone felt like 
we've all been in those shit situations as comics. And sometimes you think the thing, you don't say the thing. I said in uh, Baltimore, it was right after that limousine crash. There was a bachelorette party. Yes. I was like, I hope your limousine catches all fire on the highway. And they got fucking livid and like came to the stage. I didn't realize that they're all black. And I was like, motherfucker, this is not what I wanted. Before or after the fire. I, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so wait, you guys knew each other. In the, did you know him when you went up to do stand-up in Boston? No, no, he wasn't doing it yet when I first went up there. I went up in like 85. Eddie Brill <laughs> put up a connection. He had a club in New York, right on the corner of the cellar, which became Boston Comedy Club. Eddie Brill started, started He that? started that yeah. night with the owner, Nick. And I was the first one there. So he had this whole connection where he let the Boston guys come down and do comedy in New York. It was a big deal. They couldn't get it. They didn't pass at the clubs yet. Nobody was, you know. And they so he said, come down to New York and perform at this at this club, and then they performed. It was a great club. And so then they said, come to Boston. So we came out to Boston sometimes. So wait, the Boston, I mean, I know this is silly, but because I worked the door at Boston, it was a club in New York that Boston comics could come in and work out at. Yes, it was called the Paper Moon. Oh, okay. It's like and 85, then, 86. And then Barry changed it to the Boston Comedy Club. Barry yeah. changed it to Boston Comedy Club. He used my stereo system for the sound system. Did he really? Yeah. He got an Aerosmith poster? I go, yeah, cheesy. Fucking, how about going out and buy something? Yeah. Ted Williams picture or something. Using yeah, my hi fi. <laughs> you put up old Boston standards like Aerosmith, Jay Giles. Yes. Jay Giles. Yeah. A piss on the wall. I, I used to have a joke where I used to talk about getting an episiotomy. And I, the joke was. <laughs> Man. Stop joke. right. That's not the joke. No. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not doing this. All right. But wait, what was it? What was it? What was it? Why you didn't no, like, like a zero all laser focus? Let's hear this. I know. I know. It's hard to get. Dude, you have no idea what a pedestal I put you two on. When I had Georgia, all I did when I came home off the road, featuring. I was featuring, making 700 bucks a week. My one, my, my moment of grounding was I had to come home. I just had Georgia. My wife would sleep. I'd let her sleep. And I would watch all the, all the week's tough crowds. And, and Chappelle's show was on right after you right. guys. So I had those two DVRs. I remember there was a there was a joke you made one time that I almost spit coffee on my daughter. Bobby Kelly was trying to say he was Irish. And you went, yeah, you and Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> I could quote tough crowd lines for the rest of my life. There's a lot of there's millennial kids who... who Found it online and, right. and, and love it. That's what's so cool about one thing about the internet. It was it was the greatest. It was the greatest sensibility. I remember Voss would say a line, and you'd force the audience to go, "No, no, no, he's earned this silence." Yes, <laughs> right. Oh yeah, and I used to stop applause. I wouldn't even let them applaud when I came out because I was like, I hate clapter even before it was clapter. Yeah. I said nobody applaud when I come out to do a monologue. You either laugh or you don't. Nobody wants applause. We're not a, a rally, you know. Yeah, I remember you saying to Voss, "You're the only dumb Jew I know." Well, how many times did you say that? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm getting in trouble for making Jewish stuff. You know. Well, it still kind of applies. I mean, he doesn't even deny it. He, does, he says he has a 141 IQ. <laughs> he yes, a 141 he does IQ. say that. Does. No, he means it. He took an online quiz. He got a 141 <laughs> IQ. So he thinks he has a 141 IQ. It was an hour test. He did it like a week and a half. <laughs> did you guys ever do a tough core tour or tough crowd tour? No, Berkowitz actually wanted to do one early on, but everybody, every, and it, I, I'm the only wise one that realized that would have been fights. Everybody's a diva on that show. No. All of us no, were. Wait, wait, hold on. I hold never on. said so anything. Wait. No, I'm saying <laughs> I'm that would have been a fight. 
everybody, there would have been drama and it would have been fight. So it's like a tough child tour would not have worked at that time. What was it like working backstage at that show? Because I know oh. you and Geraldo and, oh. and were writers. If we knew better, we would have filmed the stuff in the green the room. The stuff in the green room because it was brutal. But it was funnier uh, than the show. I remember like uh, Jim Norton coming in with a sandwich and a bunch of chips on his plate and him and Keith Robinson get into it. So Keith just slaps the fucking plate out of his hand on the floor and steps on the sandwich (laughs) and then walks out. (laughs) Shit like that. Then I get into it with Jim David. He got my face because I made an AIDS joke. And, and all his friends oh, and Yes, and he's right in my face. And that's when I came up with that line that's about he, Jim David. He came out, he got in Nick's face, but he was a close talker to Jim. And Jim goes, he's the only guy I hope has I garlic on his breath. That's what Nick said. How about Jim? Because <laughs> I made an and, and Patrice. Film backstage. I, well, I was Patrice saying was, the meanest shit. And, and Patrice was crying. He was laughing so Patrice hard. Patrice was mean too. Yo, it's fucking lot, brutal. Every other show was kind of mean. Like, I understand now how a lot of people would come on and be like, what is this? But, you know, it was, just, it was in the tap fest. Yeah, we, we, that's what I, I, what I find the most comical is the uh, rebranding of Patrice in the new millennia. Like, everyone thinks of Patrice and did not know him at all. Right. Like, he was exhausting. If he wanted, oh, yeah. if he wanted to oh, pick at yeah. you, you were going to melt down and blow up. I he had a special ability to tear apart Eddie Ift. I mean, he would take yes, Eddie Ift yes. to fucking a tra- and myself too. Anyone younger? Yeah. I remember the first deal I got. I, t- I t- told someone last night. I remember the first deal I got. I was working the door at Boston. I got a deal with Will Smith and Barry Katz said, "Don't tell anyone." And Patrice walked up, just came up with that. Just heard you got a deal. I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "How much?" <laughs> and I go. I don't think it's cool to share. And he goes, well, I'll just start guessing until your eyes tell me. <laughs> and I go, Patrice, he goes, 150. And I went. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I think Eddie had moved to Australia to get away from Patrice. Yeah. He literally chased him out of the hemisphere. How about what I used to do with Bob Kelly at that table? Oh, he used to he kill used him. To cry. He used to kill him. <laughs> what was the just the one line. Oh, I, don't you just, yeah. I don't even remember. Dude, there were so, so many. But you understand, like, because because I, I I was obsessed with that and O and A. So like, I would catch you guys on. I mean, I can tell you things you guys said that you probably don't even remember saying. We got along good. I mean, we had each other's throats, but it, you know, I, I would give as good as you know. Everybody on the shelf would fight all the time. Yeah, but that was part of the whole show. It was it was being honest. Like every, it wasn't to trying fault. to be like. It wasn't trying to win the audience on charm. Yeah. It was trying to win the audience on your humor only. And you'd see people come in and try and, and do their act this way to the audience. Right. Yes. And, it, and you'd watch, you'd watch yes. the meltdown happen. Jimmy Schubert, who's hilarious, yeah. one of my favorites. Remember, he was, the, he didn't, he, he got two words out the whole hour. He was just uh, caught in the headlights. <laughs> he didn't, no, he no. didn't know what hit him after the show. He goes, can you edit that shit out? I wasn't even here. Uh, I know. Uh, well, that was the problem. Remember? It was a rhythm that, yeah, of course, we, like anything else, people develop after a while. And everybody just came out of the gates, guns blazing. And then new people like, okay, you know, because you're used to a traditional format where you're like, okay, we're going to say something. And then it wasn't that way at all. And that know? chemistry developed at the, at the sitting at the comedy cell at table for yeah. years. And we brought that right to the set. So when somebody would come in from out of town, <laughs> Think they yeah. were gonna fit uh, right in, you know. I, I I remember trying to introduce my wife to Tough Crowd and her not understanding it at all. And I was like, No, it's you yeah. understand like they like each other. And she goes, It doesn't seem like they like each other at all. I go, No, they're all really good friends. They hang out. She's like, Yeah, I I don't. 
Like, it just seems like they're just, I remember Jimmy had said, ah, just jump in a lake or something was his punchline. And everyone, like, rearranged themselves, like, what? And they're like, why? she goes, why would they attack little Jimmy like that? They go, he, she goes, he's just trying to make a joke. But I go, but it failed. That's why they're, I was yeah. like, what the fuck don't you get about this? Yeah. That's how guys it's not bad bond anymore. when they hang out. It's yeah. A fucking, yeah. It's a, a lot of guys would say, hey, that's how we are down at our job. Like, they love the idea of just busting, you know. But, um, you know. I mean, I, my, all my friend, male friendships are based on uh, trying not to slip up in front of them. Because <laughs> yeah. the second you... There's an opening. I, yeah. I had a joke of talking about what men wear versus what gay men wear, what straight men wear. And I said, our goal is just to not look gay. Because if you try to take a chance on clothing, right. your friends would be like, oh, what club are we going to tonight? Like it's, But I don't know a different way to celebrate friendship. You know yeah, right. Exactly. Well, it's just intuitive. It's instinctual. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, guys just love that kind of stuff. Well, and, and you treat, I treat, when I meet somebody, that's my problem. So I get too comfortable around somebody I just met. Yeah. And I'll treat them like I would treat uh, somebody I've known for years or my brother. Right. right. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, but it's like only because I'm comfortable. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. That's this a guy big problem know. I think comics have is we get really comfortable, comfortable around quick. people before they're comfortable. Yeah. Yes. I met a girl at a dinner party one night and she told me, she just found out she was black, and I lit up. I was like, shut the fuck up. I literally wouldn't let go of it. She's like, I don't know you. And I kept going, have you said the N-word yet? She was like, no, why would I do that? And I go, you just found out you're black. All your mistakes were suppression now. You can look back at life and go, I've been oppressed. My This is fucking amazing. And she just, she didn't, and my wife's like, hey, she doesn't know you. And I was right. like, Tell you me. treat them like you're working the crowd. You're like, oh, this is perfect crowd work. Somebody just found out that. <laughs> perfect crowd work. It's working. That's what it is. We're too, we're, we're just, you know, we're just socially, we're not socially uh, awkward the way other people are. You re- and you read people quick. Like, I feel like, yeah. I, I feel like it's almost like a profiler. Like, I can read someone real quick and go, oh, she's crazy. She's going to cry tonight. I'm not going to fuck with I her. I did a gig in uh, Boca Raton about a month ago, and the MC was literally, like, mentally ill and wouldn't stop talking to me. And even my wife, he, he oh. finally, he told a story that lasted almost like 33 minutes. Yeah. As soon as he leaves, my wife looked at me, goes, fucking guy doesn't know how to read a room. <laughs> my wife said that before I could even get it on. <laughs> so I mean, I thought this face would tell him I wasn't interested. <laughs> 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 fucking kept yapping and yapping. Colin, you grew up around here, right? Yeah, well, I grew up about 15 minutes away that way. Really? But I went to um, summer school right next door. Summer school? Summer yeah. school. I had to go to summer school. Was it fun? Did you have a hip teacher who liked to surf in the afternoons? Um, like that I don't movie. think you guys understand the concept of summer school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw the movie Summer School with Mark Harmon. It yeah, like it's not, it wasn't like that. <laughs> summer school was like, but this is like 75 or 76. So summer school is all the kids that need to catch up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just every high school in Brooklyn, the, the kids that are <laughs> bad enough to screw up, but not bad enough to go... Fuck summer school. I'm not going to fucking school. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the criminal kids. Yeah. But it was kids that like, ah, I messed up, but I'm still going to try to do this. So it's all the party animals and shit. So we'd all come in. So you'd see all the all the black kids would come from East New York, Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, mostly over there. Yeah. Right? They come in off the trains. They're hanging out with each other, smoking their joints. <laughs> then you have me and my friends who were like, Kind of Irish-ish, sort of from that part, Bay Ridge and Park South. So you bonded immediately. It was just me and a couple of guys. Yeah. And then the Italians, and I was so impressed because Italians, even back then, they would never take the train. And they lived in Bensonhurst and stuff. Yeah. And they'd come in tanned, you know what I mean? (laughs) White clothes, just all jacked like this. (laughs) 
And they come, oh, oh, the girls and guys all dolled up to summer school, just poof, poof, you see like all muscle cars like the 70s, and just get out of the car blasting their radios. And it was just everybody Kiss was, and everybody was in their own little section. But then we had to go to class together. So it was and, like uh, the Breakfast Club, only more dangerous. Right. It was like, like it was, Breakfast Club meets Grease. Yeah. And, yes. uh, it meets and, fucking lockup. Belly. And it was, <laughs> and it's so, it was just so specific in a funny way. And the Puerto Ricans coming in from the Bushwick, which Bushwick used to be all Puerto Ricans at Sunset Park. And so we, all the all the riffraff that was better than prison. Yeah, we weren't, it wasn't all thug kids. It was, it was just, all people that were like, ah, laughing all year, screwed yeah. up, cutting class. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of, but it was basically. Were you well, cutting class? Were you dyslexic? You seem like a breaker. What was the? I don't know what my problem was. I really, but I literally would go to school and I would treat it like, yeah, I'll go to class or not. I don't care. <laughs> like I just, I don't know what my problem was because my problem was, I needed to be. Sounds like your attitude, man. Yeah, I had a very bad attitude. I felt I just got bored and I was maybe I, I don't know if I had ADD, but I just get bored and I, would I just, would say ADD. And I just found like, I, I had no. Ethical issues with cheating on tests. Oh, I never had a problem cheating yeah, on tests. Yeah, I was just We're like, oh, you can cheat? All right, I'll do that. I didn't care. But um, then later on in life, I was like, what an idiot I was. I could have, yeah, you know what I mean? I could have really done something there. Wait, so wait. Uh, tell me the story you told Terry Gross about the black kid that came into his class. This, I, I, this is one of the hardest I've ever laughed. Terry Gross, that was, I was on there 15 years ago. I know, I know. And probably this story you're going to tell is probably why I was never invited back, but go ahead. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, I, the... You were saying she was talking about your sense of humor, and you said, "Oh, the the black kids were always really funny." I remember the hardest I ever laughed one time. Oh yeah, when, I know exactly what you're gonna tell. Yeah, and I'll name the kid Mark Williams. Yeah, and the kid he's talking to was named Godfrey, and uh, not that Godfrey. No, and uh, and he comes uh, into class. Our teacher yelled at us like really hardcore, like she screamed at, and was like, "Miss Ferrara." I still remember. You remember everybody's name for June? And then we're sitting there all quiet, and yeah, you know, she she really scared us, you know, and then. It's, the bell rang, so the end of school is about happening. So Mark Williams just opens the door like this and goes, Godfrey, your father says to leave the shoes on the back steps of the school. He's got to go to work and shut the door. <laughs> didn't, didn't wait for his laugh. Just shut the door. There's a moment of silence. And people are like, what are you? And then even Miss Raw, who's fuming, was crying because it was just delivered like this. Deadpan, shut the door and left. Like this family's so poor, they share. They got to share shoes. You get to wear them to school. I have to wear them to work. Oh God bless ah, them. God bless them. I mean, I was driving to Sacramento this yes. weekend there, and I'm crying, fucking laughing. God, I wish I met that kid. Oh, that kid. That kid was hilarious. Oh, he was funny oh. as hell. There was like about yeah, there's about eight to ten kids in in school that were just. You know, oh, really funny. Those were the, the hardest I would ever laugh. I went to all boys Catholic high school. Would be the the moments, and it, this Uh-oh. is. Well, you know where this is going? <laughs> Here we go, <laughs> guys. This is a bit of a run, by you. No, uh, Ty Rodriguez. I was in tenth grade religion class. Mr. Mercandante was. I sat in the front. Ty sat directly behind me. Mr. Mercandante said, "Mr. Mr. Kreischer, when Jesus was on the cross, Peter came to him at the bottom of the cross, climbed up to him, and he said something." Jesus said something to Peter. What did Jesus say to Peter? And I had no fucking idea. Right. And Ty Rodriguez leans up behind me and goes, I can see your house from here. Oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm fucking crying laughing. And he's like, what's so funny? What did Jesus? But those moments, I really think, have. are the fuck, the hardest. He's trying to be a comic. Well, you, and you grew up as an athlete. 
Yeah. And bu- I, I always say, ball, bus, like being on the baseball team, I played baseball my whole life. I, it's that's it's yeah, where your personality yeah. is formed. Yeah, absolutely. Was that like what was that like in the locker rooms? You have a lot of locker room talk. Uh, <laughs> I had a filthy mouth even in. I, I remember getting in trouble in, in elementary school, like at least three times. Really, teachers calling and say you sent up because I would hang out with my sister Darlene's friends who were four years older than me. And I was in like second grade. I was hanging out. Oh, with so sixth you were grade. The, you were the like young kid that just. You had to raise the bar up here. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So oh, I shut I, the I, fuck I used to up. curse us up a storm at, at, at school and and even in high school, my father was in the during a football game, yeah. uh, you know that I'm in playing in. My father goes into to take a piss in the men's room at, at halftime, and the two guys piss, and this guy goes to this other guy. DePaulo's a hell of a football player. He's got a filthy fucking mouth. My <laughs> father. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me a little lecture after. I'm like, oh. I'm on a football field. I how can't about, fucking say shit. How about when you were going to get the scholarship and you, after your shoulder injury? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, not that That's funny my favorite story, story, but... Yeah, yeah, I, wait, 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 I think it's hilarious. <laughs> well, I, at my senior year, I, I was told I was getting a full scholarship to UNH. and uh, a good school, yeah. Uh, we have a banquet at the end of the year, a football banquet in high school, yeah. and the guest speaker was the head coach at UNH. <laughs> I... I Dislocated both my shoulders several times my senior year and stuff, yeah. and had to play with a harness like to keep them in the socket. Yeah. So uh, we get there's the head coach. I think I'm going to UNH on a fall, but one of my coaches gets up there and starts bragging about how I played with my shoulders hanging by a fucking thread. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the guy's light. And sure enough, Betancourt, Mr. Coach Betancourt, who went to UNH, he was an All-American, and he was the one helping me get the, he calls me the next day, the guy said right after the banquet, he had a meeting with him, said, this guy's damaged goods. Oh, Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? So, oh, I walked on at UMaine, and I earned a partial scholarship. I, I missed shit. my first couple of years, but I had to. What, uh, what, what position did you I was play? a running back. I get, I, you were a running back? I, I, I get recruited as, well, it's Maine. It's not fucking Alabama. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Fastest running back in the you know Northeast Conference. I ran, ran a five eight forty, but uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, I forget what we we're talking about. Boy, I'm gonna fucking die at governor's tonight. I might say. Oh. But yeah, that's what uh, I, I I get recruited as a strong safety, which I, oh, yeah? I played both in in high school. So. All right, I'm gonna pound this real quick. Yeah, so we don't pound that. We're making chicken parm sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, my guest today. My guests today are <laughs> Rocco Desperado, two of my favorite comics <laughs> in the world. They have given me so many hours of joy. I can quote jokes they've said fucking twenty years back. I can quote to them: Nick DiPaolo, Colin Quinn, yes, and old friends, and I would say the guard of New York. Like when you look at like when like I say in L.A. we got you know Rogan is like our guy that kind of like, he like if you, sure. if, you have, if you have any big business questions, you can always hit up Rogan, you can run into a store. Yeah. That's you guys here. You guys have, are yeah. like. No, nobody it's not. Comes, nobody yeah. comes to me for clear Guess advice. what? <laughs> People ask me business questions like, how can you remain broke and be this famous all these years? <laughs> that is a Rogan's really a great question. You, you have written, you've done more things in this business than anyone. Right. You, so, wrote, well, you wrote the movie where they kidnapped the David Oh, Wayans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, what was that movie? Don't spit on the chicken. Is he doing this right? You know, well, a cook. Is, is this a gay, I know, I know. Is He's... this a gay cooking show? Hit that fucking. <laughs> Look at this. We're battering it down so it's thin. Then we're gonna saute it. Ow, fucking <laughs> this is weird. 
I know, because we're watching you now, so you're getting weird. How much has this business changed from when you think about you having to write a script to succeed, and then all of a sudden, the fucking idiots just fly into Brooklyn, make a cooking show, and like, like there's no thought into it. I didn't, we didn't think this through. We barely know the recipe. I'm not a good interviewer. Like, make Nick cook it. I want you no, to taste a, a terrible meal. No, it's going to be great, Colin. You're going to be shocked. He's a real cook. I, I know. He Are already, you a real he cook, already, too? My career yeah, is a, I have a cooking show. That's a good point. That's right. What are we thinking? <laughs> yeah. Has, has the Food Network uh, reached out to you? But, well, they you can't. So well, hard. Well, you're a straight they guy. Passed. They passed so quickly. They're like, well, they don't allow testosterone on that network anymore. <laughs> they, they passed on all my shows. Travel Channel. I got fired from Travel Channel. You did? What were you doing on? I didn't like Travel I had, a, I, had a, I had show. I was on there for nine years. And they just, one day, the, she was just like, uh, the new president was like, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. Not overweight and cursing. And yeah, Travel Channel. Nine, yeah. Year, no, nine no. years, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have it all DVR. I'll show you some of the episodes. I did John Rogan's podcast twice. I feel like we're making pork on the road. <laughs> we're making fucking chicken parm with a, uh, a fucking Canadian uh, Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> nice hat, Otis. What time did you do back at the cell? Why does that one look so much worse than the other two? That, yeah, that looks like, uh, what are we doing here? Some type of... Uh, chicken parm sandwiches. I should feel I should cut them to make them fit on the bread because they're not going to fit on I the bread. I feel like you should pick up the pace because if you think I'm sitting here for a three-hour fucking podcast, you're living in a goddamn dream This is why I went to summer school. Fucking zero attention span. I'm just saying, it's 3.15. He just started hammering the thing. I was sitting here from 2.45 like this. Hmm, when's he going to fucking start hammering that goddamn chicken? <laughs> hey, hey, funny for you, New York. Is that fucking Florida? Pick up the fucking pace. Come on, let's get me. You ever see Matthew Broderick and Glory? Hey! The soldier grabs a rifle, shows him. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Ah, it's a long story. I mean, it's an obscure <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before what? we eat this, I'm a bit of a diva. That better not be fucking shitty uh, sauce. sauce. No, it's, oh, no, it's homemade. Oh. Yeah. Is he lying? <laughs> no. Yes, he is. He goes like this. Only, only a comedian could do that that quickly. He goes, no, it's homemade. And just I know. Point to By the way, the other night. lying to a girl. The gesture is what makes a fucking. The other night, two nights ago. That's how you picked up on it? Two nights ago, Voss and Bonnie were at the cellar. So he was like this. Bonnie goes to the waitress. Uh, and he goes to Voss. I, I like to see a menu. And Voss goes, and he wasn't trying to be funny. He goes, hey, could you give a menu for. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. Didn't even. Have the courtesy to go her. Never mind her name. Just <laughs> gestures violently, like please. It was so. It was like scenes from a marriage. The first time I was in the cellar uh, ever, I was young and I was Jim Norton was at the bar. Greg Doyle was on the other side, and I'm trying to get a drink. And I look at Jim and I go, "Hey, Jim, what's the bartender's name?" And he goes, "Jeffrey." And I yes. Went, <laughs> I go, Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. He, he got me about eight times. Yes. Oh. Oh, he's great at that. I feel like if you don't, I feel like there's something in eight, like you, and you have to be born with that spirit to enjoy that, doing that, even That's if you're right. the only one that That's gets right. the joke. That's right. It was so, yeah, he's always, he's always does bull breaking shit like that. that oh. he, they, he, he shits himself in the elevator and gets off. Yes. Leaves yeah. you with the other 10 people. He, no, he really That's is. funny you for know about that, a second. You know he said that that's where Chip came from? Is that he would be on a date with his girlfriend and he would just start doing Chip to the waitress and his girlfriend would go, hey, she doesn't know you're not really that person. Right. And she thinks I'm now dating that person. Right. And so he would just lean that into it more. Into him. Well, it's like Jim Florentine. You ever see when he used to, they have that same, like he used to go uh, to restaurants all the time and he'd be oh, like, can God. I have a little pepper? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. He puts pepper. He goes, I like a little more if you don't mind. 
and just and he literally would do it until there was a pile of pepper <laughs> on top See, of his and fucking food. That made me uncomfortable. I've watched that clip. Oh, you it makes me so pepper. uncomfortable because he doesn't give in for a second. Well, it's a waste I, of good I, I pepper. Am chased up. Yeah. <laughs> with that fucking voice, that devil voice. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? I I, I didn't say stop. We, we had, I, I, there was a roast a couple of years ago, and it was right after Florentine's wife left him for the cop, <laughs> and the fucking hammering he took. Oh, I cannot stop laughing. Oh, God. I mean, people were just killing him on his wife, leaving him for a cop. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking cutting deep. The, 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 I don't think there's... It's, it's the thing I think that... Like no one gets when you're when you I don't think either of you ever joined into uh, pedestrian life where like you, you had to go to your kid's school and like. No, that would be adult life. Is that what you're talking? About? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like where you have to hang right. out with people that don't get comedy. Right. Like we went to we went to our, our school. I'll be hanging out one tonight. It's called Governors in Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to air until October, right? So oh, yeah. Right. We went to our October. School. I want to get some Halloween jokes in. Keep it up. Yeah, put some sprinkles on that chicken palm. Good one. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, this is looking great. It, uh, know, looks like the, it looks like the sink at Planned Parenthood right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better do it. It's still uh, uh, <laughs> well, We're here with Chef uh, Henry Gosnell. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that the guy? Is that that doctor? Is <laughs> is that what? what? That was a nice reference. Henry Gosnell. Very specific yes. reference. Yes, it had to be. about 100 fetuses and mayonnaise jars in his... How he was an abortion doctor. How the fuck are you going to fit these two in here? You know, I'm going to do one at a time. time. Jesus Christ. Yeah, let me ask you this. 7.30. Who pays for this show? What? Who pays for this show? What do you think? I, we do. Joe Rogan. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh... <laughs> uh, what would you do if we go give you a show? Any show, we'll pay for it. What would you do? Whoa. I don't know. That's a good <laughs> yeah, question. You do. I'd have to think about it. Tough crowd? Some type of cabaret. How, uh, much, how much would it take for us to restart Tough Crowd? What would you want per episode? And, what, and I would, I would, I would deficit fund that in a heartbeat. Um, to do Tough Crowd again? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Do you question. feel like it would be hard to do because of Geraldo and Patrice not being here? Um, no. I mean, they were amazing part of it, of course. But I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot more comics now yeah. that are all great than in back in the day. Anyway, so it's not. It wouldn't be. I don't think it would be. I think it would be easier in that in that sense. You know. Yeah. Hey, do you have those tongs? Remember those tongs we have? Oh, I use your hands. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you make this for your kids, don't you? This is I how do you make this for my kids. That's how I know that. That cheese looks like American cheese. No, it isn't. No, it's not. Where did you get? Before we start this shit. You should be asking these questions, Henry. I was, um, ahead. I don't want to Where do you get show. the cheese and where do you get the bread? You're going to eat this? It's fucking sauce out of a Ronzoni can. No, hope that. Cheese out of the goddamn bodega. I can't believe they got the and bread. Yeah, but a bodega in Brooklyn, it's got to be real provolone, no? No, it's real provolone. It's provolone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See that? First of all, it's supposed to be Parmesan. It's chicken palm. It's fucking provolone. Oh, I mean, look at this, Colin. This is looking nice. Whoa, that's like Mama nice. used to make. That's pretty huh? golden, that man. That's pretty good. That's golden. It looks pretty. Leave it nice really and good. pink in the middle for Colin, will you? <laughs> hey, what was it like having a heart attack? Um, it's like eating that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, nice question. We tell him in the middle. Of, yeah. Did you have Did you have a cardiologist before the heart attack? No. You didn't have a cardiologist. No. You weren't on blood pressure medicine. No. I had, my blood, blood pressure, pressure to this fine, day right? is fucking perfect. Really? It was my cholesterol was high, and I didn't take cholesterol medication. You know, I didn't want to take it. I was like, I don't need that. 
Let's go high cholesterol. Yeah. You know, I've only had a few friends have strokes. Like I, right. I, I'm blown but away. That's that blood pressure in their teens. That's blood yeah. pressure. That's blood pressure. But yeah. yeah, but it's also blockage in your coronary yeah. arteries. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I went in right after the Patrice. You thing. had a heart attack? No. After the Patrice thing happened, my dad and I ate marijuana with Joey Diaz, and my dad's like, "You need to get everything checked out." So I had the full CT scan. I had all the fucking stress tests. I got everything. That's what got me on blood pressure medicine. I got scared. Oh. I got terrified. Are you on blood pressure medicine? I am not. My blood pressure is always great. I've had, by the way, high cholesterol. You know they were selling pills. They keep lowering the number. Yeah. Ooh, you're in your high... T- yeah, high 200s is fine. They're not even giving the high cholesterol. That's the kind of attitude he gave me my fucking no, heart No, it is, and it's all the coke and four, four, four fucking cases of Diet Coke you drank a day and the 30 packs of cigarettes you used to smoke. Wait, did you did and you the party, wings the comedy cellar. Did you used to party? Maybe. No. <laughs> He's talking about Coca-Cola. Oh. I didn't party since fucking 1983. That was the last time you party party? Yes. Really? It's the last time I did any of it. Well, then it's the chicken wings. Really? It? So yeah. when I, like, when you were doing Cuff Crowd, you weren't partying at all? No. Why did you stop partying? Um, why? Because it was no fun. Why the fuck do you think I stopped, Bert? Because <laughs> it's not fun going out drinking and fucking or carousing all night. What the fuck you, why would you even ask that question? You got it's it? a fucking blast. It's so awesome. It's better than writing a script. Yeah. Why did I stop partying? <laughs> that thing's done. That is golden. What kind of oil are you using there, killer? Uh, it's a grape seed. Grape? All right. I'm going to... Grape seed, shot. <laughs> grape seed, right here with your grape seed. <laughs> it looks done. Yeah, it does look done. <laughs> Watch it. Take a bite in a nice fucking pink fluid spritz in your face. That is a nice golden, though. I just did this show so I could hang out with my ears. It's like a, it's like a giant nicotine patch. Look at that. That's pretty. It <laughs> looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, cut to me and Lyle, like, fucking governors in between shows. <laughs> Playing Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, now you're gonna fucking dry it out. It's ready. <laughs> no, it's not. If you could be in my position, 20 years ago, you'd rather have them dry it up. Trust me, you don't want it nice and rare. How do you like a chicken palm? Oh, rare. <laughs> We're gonna put it in the broiler. All right, I think this bad bitch is done. Yeah. Drainer. Seriously, that is a that is a uh, very evenly golden. Yeah, it really is. I'm scraping off the fucking cheese. I don't like your attitude about it. I don't like the look at a bread. About the fact that they, this has been hit, sitting here since 7.30 this morning. <laughs> That's what you should be worried about. This the lights have cooked it halfway through. This was, he was going to use this on a Michelle Wolf than Bobby Kelly nice went for himself. <laughs> yeah. So it really comes on October. The show really must be fucked. What do you do? You push it out once in a while. What's that? What are you talking about? The show's going to be on in October? Yeah. Wait, would this one be go earlier? So this is pretty fucking uh, impressive. I'm impressed by the show. I'm trying to talk business. It's a good time to plug my show, the Nick DiPaolo Show at nicktip.com. And your new special. And my new special, but the special just came out, but quarter million views in three and a half days. That's nice. It's called The Breath of Fresh Air. And on nicktip.com, you can watch me Monday through Thursday nights on YouTube. Added 14,000 YouTube subs this week. Yeah, that's huge. So by October, it'll be up to 15,000. Because I've never been able to maintain any momentum in this business. This business right has changed point? so fucking much, though. You know what he says about me? I'm the only guy who burned bridges while, while I'm standing on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that in 19 articles in the last few weeks. The only guy that burns bridges while you're standing on them? <laughs> Quinn nailed it. Yeah, he doesn't like to wait. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, yeah. Anybody can do it after they leave it. How has, this, has this industry changed 
like about the way you see the world? Because you've always seen the world the same way. You've always been pretty straight talking, pretty real. Any working class guy, a guy that like works at a dock, a cop, a, a not cops, like, yeah, yeah, cops, not, not firemen. But like they, they go, that's me. That's our friends. That's us. Yeah. That's, we're not bullshitting. I'm not. I'm not. I don't hate my heart, but I'm, I thought that's how we talk. When people ask me about my show, like you know, I, I see some people on Twitter saying that's where I get my news, and I go, don't do that. And they're like, why not? I go, well, this is about how serious I take it. If there's if there's three names in an article I can't pronounce, I'm not doing the story. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's a fucking Russian attack on us, <laughs> you're not going to hear about it from me. Has the has the industry changed as you've seen like kind of like PC culture? kind of skyrocket and wokeness show up? Just you- say, just teach him a lesson, say no. And we'll- <laughs> the fuck kind of question? No, not at all, Barry. Wait, you asked the question. Of course it hurts. What the fuck kind of shit is that? This is this is this is how tough crowd came about. This is it's like sitting it's with a metal going, detector, a bullshit thing. Metal detector. You can't get anything. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> I'm afraid to talk around him. <laughs> well, it's changed like this. I can't get a comedy special unless I'm a transgender Puerto Rican girl with a hair lip and a fucking prosthetic leg. <laughs> They, they, that's how it's changed. Yeah. It's gotten worse. Oh. I did my first joke oh. in 1988 on stage. Oh. It's got oh. exponentially worse as far as because it's run by, let's be honest, left wing douchebags. And uh, has Boston, has Boston changed? Like doing stand up in Boston, has that changed? Because Boston was the when you said you went the first time you ever went to Boston. Oh, yeah. I want to hear that story. How'd that go? I'll tell you that. So it started actually <laughs> with. Uh, wasn't even empty. <laughs> and there you go. It would have been funny if I hit something. Oh, these are going to be fucking good. It's got to be the sound. That's what the three surgeons knew. It's not funny if you hit somebody unless there's a wow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, can put it in post. The sound, the sound effects guy was the MVP of the Stooges. The guy oh, that my God. Out. The Stooges was the fucking greatest. I told you, I'm obsessed I with I think the script supervisor probably <laughs> keeping Cotton Moody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that monkey One wrench time. was not up his nose. Uh, <laughs> One time I was watching the Stooges and they're in court, they're outside of court, you know? Yeah. They're fucking playing jacks. And Moe's in court, because Moe, I used to have a whole theory about the Stooges and how this family they came from was so bad. And Moe comes out and he's like, we fucking, we have a, the judge is like, where are the other two? He thinks they're behind him, he turns around, they're fucking outside playing jacks. And Moe goes, we're caught. And Curly goes, I'm on threesies. Right? And he goes, Mo goes, his five Z's smacks him in the face. Larry's just watching. And he goes, and he has two Z's and pokes me up. Violence, good writing. It's all there. It's good. It's like a tone. It's, and here's two Z's. Jay Leno used to, Jay would always, I remember Jay talking about the Stooges on The Tonight Show, you yeah. know, and, and, and Girls would always, you'd show them the Stooges, and they go, but it's so stupid. Yeah. And he goes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think it was stupid, because my cousins were just like those fucking three. <laughs> really? I had the violent leader, then the wild young one, and then the middle guy was like the normal one. Who was Mo? Do you think the three Dylan. Two- Dylan, I was going to say. He knows Dylan, my cousin. He's like fucking Mo. He used to How do you do that Kentucky Derby? He used to beat the... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Did he get his rip? Yeah. I, I texted him before the show, who's going to win? The... The seven or something. <laughs> Probably flying to the guy's house right now with a gun. Bobby Jewell had a buddy, 37 grand he won. What? He had what? the fucking horse that 
ended up being called the winner. He had a, like an exact to three times, and he told me the whole thing. He's gone on for five minutes. Unbelievable. Seven large. First bet I ever placed on the Kentucky Derby, I won. I was 10 years old. It was spend a buck. Like my dad was at the Derby. He said, uh, I'm going to place a bet. I go, hey, place one for me. He goes, what do you want to put in? And Dennis Diaz owned spend a buck. And we knew the Diaz family. And I said, I want $100 on spend a buck. I won the bet. Oh, I forgot the fucking really? Florida, Gulf yeah. Stream, all those tracks I used to like. Oh, dude, we used to go to the dog tracks. You ever go to the dog tracks? Yeah, of course. I went once in Revere. I played Highlight one time. You did? I went to Highlight. I think I bet on you. <laughs> they did bet you? on that Rhode Island. That's huge. That was uh, one of Mike Reynolds' best jokes. What was that? This guy, Mike Reynolds, a comedian. Yeah. And he lived in Florida. And he goes, Highlight is a lot like life. It's a lot of, it's a bunch of Jews paying a bunch of Spanish guys to run around and look busy. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do that today? Uh, on, probably uh, on a Florida. special? Maybe in Florida. Oh, yeah. No, not on a special. I'm no. sure transgender. Yeah. That's what's called. Nice. The hat's killing me. I'm trying to take them serious. Yeah. You want me to take it off and just see how bald I am? Oh, that's yours. What's the chicken's temperature supposed to be? What's the matter? It's too late. Oh, yeah, use the temperature thing. That's a good idea. I always, no, too late. On, on Thanksgiving, I always tweet out, remember to keep that burr between 75 and 80 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and, the, and people actually get mad. What are you nuts? I'll get people's uh, fucking no. humorless whores. Uh, this is a story I've been trying to tell you. Tell us, Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I never spoke in the cellar. I'd walk in and I'd see you guys. I'd just go over to the bar and stand next to Geraldo. <laughs> it's true. He's the only civilized one. Until Patrice came in the room, they oh, were both. Oh, he ate had a few drinks in him. Oh, yeah. They went that? to war. Uh, I watched him go at it one night, screaming at I each remember, other yeah. across the restaurant. It was so fun. Really? It's so funny because the place is packed with people and families and kids eating. Oh, yeah. They would be screaming. And and they wasn't the only screaming match. Oh, no. They would be screaming matches. It was I a little much. Yeah, I get yelled at many times. What was... Me uh, and Keith Robinson. Yeah. Screaming at each other. I was. I always tell everyone about the first time I did a set there, and this it's it's enraging to any comic. But you know, when you tell a story, sometimes you add your own details. Yeah. I did a set there uh, when Mark Maron had that show on VH1. Never mind the Buzzcocks. I was living in LA. I came out. I did my first set there. It was the only set I ever done until the other night. Right. And Noam, not not Noam, uh Manny came up to me, and I told this story to Patrice one time. And, and Pete Crowley and, I, and Manny came up and he's like, hey, Bert, I think you're really a great guy. And they're like, Manny didn't have an accent. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> but I don't remember it that way. Right. Yeah. yeah no, but he wasn't from a, Italy. Yeah. Well, he's from Israel originally, but yeah. he did have a little bit a of A little bit. I spoke about. like this, yes. He yes. spoke with a little bit of an accent. Yes. I'm sorry, so you I, added, I made it oh, 10 times worse. When did you start working at the cellar? I, 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 I worked at the cellar in like 85. He put on the and air the, conditioning. The day I, I went to a show there once with a friend of mine in 84, and uh, I walked in, I go, this is comedy. This is what I always thought comedy would look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and Don Marrero was 20 years off when you said that. Yeah. And Don Marrero was on stage at one point. Me and my friend's there. He's got a cranberry juice. And my friend goes, drink it before it clots. And Don Marrero goes, what? My friend goes, nothing. He goes, no, no, what'd you say? My friend goes, no, no, nothing. We're there with two days. He goes, Don Marrero goes, no, no, tell me what you said. He goes, I said, drink it for a clots. And he goes, Don Marrero goes, oh. 
your first one, people say you act like there's always something stupid. Oh, but this is my drink is cranberries. It looks red like blood. And you said drink it before. <laughs> Literally, for three and minutes, he pretended like to laugh. My friend was this big. And he oh. only doing 15 minutes. He came back to it twice. He goes, anything else? Like, he destroyed him. It was the funniest shit. My friend was humiliated. Oh. God, it was such a great response to a heckle. And it seemed like it was almost really laughing, but he wasn't. It was oh. so brutal. The first comedy show I ever went to, I sat in the front row. I don't know this guy's name. I, sat, I was with my buddy Eddie and two dates. We each had a date. And the guy was bombing. And the punchline to his joke, something about going down the river. But the punchline, what he goes, uh, but it was a styrofoam cooler. And it just sits there. And it's like literally five seconds. And I'm looking around the room. And then I look at my buddy. And I go, it's a styrofoam cooler. <laughs> and the fucking room went nuts. And this guy looked at me like, you motherfucker. Ah. And I was yeah. And then I went up to him afterward. I was like, hey, how do I get into comedy? He's like, why don't you go fuck yourself? Ah. I was like, <laughs> That's what he said to you? Yeah. He hiked. Was that Deep Hike? Yeah, I'm joking. Him. I'm joking. It's not him. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Deep Hike. He's an LA comic. He used to do all the puppets. Yes. He'd have like he'd have he would bring. I know it was a lot. I think, but uh, open invite to Heath Hike if you want to do my show. Um, I think this one's done too. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. You could use the temperature one on that one. I should. The, I should. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you should have just let Colin eat the raw. When one. I went into comedy one time, I was watching a show. I told Nick this, and Lenny Clark was there, you know, and he goes. Uh, after the show, I walk up to him. I go, I'm going to be a comic. I said, you were funny. I said, those other people weren't that funny. I don't think that guy was funny. He was, you are going to be a comic. Why say that they already trashing people? Yeah. It's like watching a homeless guy open his knife in the park. <laughs> <laughs> What's chicken got to be? Uh, I like it at 111, 112. Well, they always say 160, but it's going to be drier than your mother's ass at 160. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh. Oh, it's done. <laughs> done? It's, it's, no one's it's getting sick from that. It's done? Like, it's like yeah, 218. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn this off. <laughs> Safety <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, 211. <laughs> really done. No one's I'm impressed sick. with how how golden yeah, it is. Yeah, they do look good. They do right? look good. Seriously. Mine, mine not, always get a little dark. Let's not sully them with shitty bread. And is it all right if I don't cheese. eat the bread? Say, no, what? Is it all right if I don't eat the bread? Wait, well, look, I'll tell you what. We'll it, make, const- it constantly. Where's the bread from? Brooklyn. It's from Giovanni's, right down the street. Not Kevin O'Brennan's? All right. Kevin O'Brennan's? <laughs> Kevin O'Brennan's? Uh, man, he's changed a lot. I know. I mean, I, I'm not, he was the first person I ever met in stand-up comedy. And then the other day, someone called me, and they're like, hey, you should call into Kevin's show. He's shitting on you. I was like, all right. Oh, Kevin doesn't fuck around. He's no. Going, all of us. All of us are fair game to Kevin Brennan. Well, I, I just heard who Gary Gomman slammed up against Oh, yeah, 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 When? Three, couple nights ago? Yeah, like a week or two ago. Oh, two weeks ago? It's old mm. news. Yeah, it is old, old news. news today. What were some big fights that happened when, like, when you guys were, like, say, like, in the 90s, 97? Like, do you remember comics fighting? Physically fighting? Yeah. I knocked Lisa Lampanelli out with a nice right hand one. No. <laughs> I, no. She quit comedy. She should. Yes, I remember that. She did? I'm smelling yeah. the sauce. I don't fucking eat this shit. Really? Yeah, she quit comedy for real. Yeah, she's done. What? That's funny. I'll get to the bottom of this. We'll do a full investigation. If I find that can, God bless you. I'm supposed to use San Marzano, fuckface. 
You didn't think I knew anything about cooking. I came up with the same house. I don't know anything about cooking. You don't? No. Exactly. Somebody from Florida. I only trust Italians from New York with cooking. Excuse me, bitch. I'm New England. (laughs) My fucking grandparents from Rebrozzi. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That was horrible. Once you said Giovanni's, he said it with such authority. I was like, I probably knows it's good. I just well, made thank that you so up. much. You did, you bastard. Yeah. Should I dry my hands in the flour? <laughs> ask, ask me where I get. Oh fuck! <laughs> All right, it looks good. I'll tell you, mother of God. Let's see what we get here. Oh, that's done. Yeah. All right. Put this here. Put this here. What you think you're putting them back in the oven? Fuck that! I mean, no, 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 no. We're putting them in the this oven to melt the, the cheese. Sheet, anyways, Colin, we gotta melt the cheese. We gotta melt the cheese. No, I don't want cheese. Oh, no, that's no, melt right. the cheese. I don't like the cheese. I'll, I'll make sure that there's a like portion cheese? that doesn't have cheese. No, I only like cheese with pizza. I hate it with the fucking. For real? Don't put fucking provolone on mine. I'm not eating. Okay, how about this? Vegetarian cheese? No, I hate cheese. Okay, okay. Which one do you want? The Mondo cheese. Cheese with that? I don't care which one it is. All right, I'll put cheese on. I'm lactose intolerant, but I'll do it for the show. I'll tell you the truth. Nick is such a chef. You know, yeah. like, I really, I'm like, oh, this guy really serious. Cooks great fucking food. Has these delicious meals. I've eaten them many yeah. times. Then we go to a fucking, we're doing a gig once. We're driving, we go stop at a gas station. I still it's do a it. fucking tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> on the gas station. I still do it. I eat it. I still station. do it. What the fuck? I station. still, I, I fuck, I love, uh, <laughs> again, he's going to bust my balls for, I understand ooh, then. Ooh. That was like 15 years ago. But like I said, the guy that's working on transmission is not making the chicken salad. It's fucking, they have, it's catered now. You can get like imported Italian cheese at a Sunoco. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't. You can't even get imported Italian cheese on, on Bird Crush's fucking. This is going to be fucking good. Yeah, this is going to be really you good. This? You did it pretty smooth. I know, it's looking good, right? Yeah, I actually had them simplify the menu. We did one with Gilbert Godfrey and uh, David Tell yesterday. Jesus. And I made fish and chips and our, we were doing it on this thing and I... I was just smoke, like slowly bathing in oil <laughs> until left twice to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> he just walked out the front door and smoked a cigarette and it was just me and Gilbert. Yeah. You've heard enough fish. I don't eat fish. <laughs> Gilbert kept going, what are we doing here? <laughs> Did he steal, steal a bag of flour when he left? <laughs> That's what he's known for. Yeah, stealing shit from hotels. Even now, yes. even in his day, right? Yes. He, he would steal hundreds of sugar packs. He still does it. He's known to be notoriously cheap. You didn't know that? Oh my! No. He puts the fucking. Cheap he took cheap. his bus to his first Letterman set. I heard about it that long ago. Took a bus to a Letterman set. Really? Yes. What's the most? What's the most? What's the most expensive thing you ever purchased or spent money on? Not a house. Not a house. Like a frill. Like a frill. Hooker. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> A frill? I don't know. Like what? Like uh, well, that's a good question. Like I, I, Give us I'm, three I, examples. I, okay, I got a tour bus for Whoa. for my tour. That's but not expensive. Fair, that's expensive because I was like, but I wanted it. I just wanted to do it. Uh, I like to get to that um, fucking level. It's not. It's not. It's very doable. Get a tour bus. <laughs> what do you do? Take a school bus and hollow it out? Put in some fucking <laughs> sleeping bags? It's not doable. <laughs> A tour bus, you bastard! I got a tour station wagon. If, if, if I don't have cheese, why does mine have to go in the oven with the other? <laughs> to kill any bacteria that's been uh, in the chicken. Trust me, you want it in the oven. It's sizzling out a lot of oil right now. <laughs> do you want do you want sauce on yours? No, no sauce. You just want to rub it. He knows how I like it. Just plain. Just plain. He's Irish. They like this shit plain. 
How are you? Have you played in Ireland? Well, last year I did. I did a couple of nights there. What were you going to say it. when you started that sentence? I was, I was about to say no. <laughs> and then I realized I did do it last year. Because I still resent the fact that I was never there 20 times, you know? I feel like I, I feel like we have a more of a connection with Ireland, so I'm Irish too. Yeah. We have more of a connection than they think that we deserve to have. Oh, they fucking hate. They call us plastic patties. Plastic patties? Plastic patties. Oh. They don't care as much anymore. Fucking nailed it. Okay. But I had don't fun over there. Those fucking bread, shows were good. You don't have to eat the bread. You guys can eat it any way you want. And it was a fun crowd. Oh, sorry, sorry. What are you looking for? What am I looking for? Have you done shows in, a lot of shows in Europe, Bert? I just got done touring in Europe. Wow. Where the fuck are the fucking things? <laughs> what the fuck? Be careful, Bert. This will change the whole show. Okay. Hey, Bert, that looks delicious, your motherless fuck. <laughs> are those cooked well? <laughs> Hi, Colin. All right. You don't, you don't want to look delicious. Uh, uh, holy shit, those don't weigh 11 pounds each. You want sauce, I, Nick? I would, please, to kill the bacteria and the cheese that's been sitting. <laughs> look at that. No thanks. It's like a goddamn canoe. It's fucking ridiculous. It was doing so good at the beginning. All right, you ready? I'm glad I don't cook in front of you. I just give it to you when it's done. <laughs> All right. Colin, you're going to get rid of the bread, what I'm am assuming. I speaking Spanish? Giovanni's. Oh, here, let me get some plates, guys. All right. Yeah, presentation is a big part of this. So you're doing budget? Presentation. Yeah, we got a budget here. How many of these have you done in New York? Uh, this is my 10th. Whoa. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll name off everyone we've done, and you just give me a one word comment on them, okay? Thank you. Bob, Kelly, Michelle, Wolf, Gilbert Godfrey, David Tell. No, I'll do that, and then you, oh, you tell it. me what you thought. You tell me how you think that episode went. How was it, Colin? Well, pretty good. Yeah? So I have to say it's pretty damn good. Ooh, take a look at that. Oh. Oh, look at that. Juicy. It is. Yeah. It's perfectly cooked. Can I get a... Uh... Yeah. Thank you. This is really fucking good. Yeah, it is. You nailed it. I feel bad for the crew. They're probably hungry, and they're like, what the fuck? Mm. I saw them. They were all eating Skittles earlier. They're fine. That's not a bad sandwich, is it? It's a very good sandwich for a Jewish guy. <laughs> He's Irish. I heard he's not Chrysler Jewish. No. Irish is German. Oh. Not German. Not the good team. Delicious. Herr Chrysler. Tampa's a crazy city, huh? Growing up there, I knew two dudes without tongues. What? And tongueless Breton. No tongues. Two of them. I saw three dudes get struck by lightning in my life. Do they life. have sisters? You did? Yep. And what happens when you get struck by lightning? You shit your pants, all your jewelry melts into you. Wow. That's what happens when I kill. <laughs> <laughs> your jewelry melts into you. <laughs> your jewelry melts into you? You've seen that happen, huh? Yeah, guys, they're struck by lightning at... Uh, at um, Publix on Bears and Florida. <laughs> and uh, I was 10 years old, and my dad, he was collecting carts outside, shopping carts in a thunderstorm. Your dad my, was? No, my dad <laughs> saw him there, and he was like, my dad's like, buddy, that's natural selection. That kid's getting fucking dotted. And wow. Struck by lightning. Because of his jewelry. We're all inside. Stands up, <clears throat> walks, starts walking back in, right? Like, like confused. We're like, over here. Walks into us and he just goes, what happened? 
were like, I struck by fucking lightning. And then everyone got to hang out with him. This is in the 80s when like uh, Tim, Jim and Tammy Baker were big. Mm-hmm. And so we got to wait for the, uh, the, the ambulance to come. And so we sat with this kid. And everyone was like, did you see Jesus? Did you see the Lord your Savior? Did you say that? And then all I said, I was 10, I was like, do you think you have any superhuman powers? Yeah. My dad's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but some people do have a superhuman power. How about all those women that lift the car with their kids under it? Mm-hmm. Fucking superhuman powers. Who does that? Women? Mothers. I've yet to see any footage of that, though. I always hear it. It's an old wives' tale. <laughs> It used to happen before YouTube. I know it hasn't happened since, you notice? Yeah, I read about it in Reader's Digest. (laughs) Reader's Digest? This is what my problem is. Nothing's salty enough for me. Me too. My family. Wait, so wait, when you had your heart attack, what did it feel like? It felt like like somebody's pressing an elbow into your your chest like this. Like that. My, no, my arm was fine. I wasn't numb. Mm-hmm. So I said, I can't be a heart attack. I just pulled a muscle. Jesus. It, like that. You pulled a muscle. That's what I thought it was. But then I started losing my breath. I started sweating. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I looked up to Google the signs of heart attack and said, sweating, losing breath, Googling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on Google looking about heart attack. That's what I read. It feels like somebody's sitting on your chest almost, right? A heavy feeling. Yeah. You can have little ones without knowing it, too. Yeah, but this was uh, pretty... Uh, I'm lucky I got in there. They took me right in the ambulance, right into the operating so room. So are we. Out of the what, what did they do? They just put a stint in? What's that? Just put Three stint? stints, yeah. Three stints? Yeah. Did they do a stint in the Widowmaker? That's one of the valves. I don't know. Do you ever play the uh, Ventura Harbor Comedy Club? Uh-uh. Up in Ventura? Awesome. The guy, Randy, that ran it. Yeah. I did it a couple of years ago. He comes up on stage. I did it a few months ago. I didn't recognize him. I'm like, I didn't even know his hand. Somebody goes, that's Randy, the owner. Had a heart attack. His Widowmaker thing was 99%. They said he was 1% from dropping dead. Really? Yeah. Everything was clogged. That's my dad. Including the Widowmaker. It was my dad. My dad, they went in and did a stint on his Widowmaker, and they said it was like 80% clogged. And they were like, that. if you have that, you're dead. You know, I've been hearing these stories for about 20 years. You think we can do something? Now they have, you can lay down and they can tell what's clogged, right? Yeah, they have tests, but nobody ever does it because it's a pain in the ass. I did it. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you told us. <laughs> yeah. I'm sweating in that breath right now. <laughs> I feel like I need to do it again. <clears throat> I have pain in my back, so I always wonder if that's my, my shoulder. Yeah, you always have to be careful. No, pain in the back no. is, a, you know. That could be kidney stones. No, it's up to Oh, me. God, I have kidney stones. The worst. You had kidney stones? You got those, too? I was only 28. You enjoy the bread? <laughs> I literally ran through the streets at 1 in the morning, screaming, motherfucker, and cursing, motherfucker. I get to the hospital. The nurse goes, you have a potty mouth. I was like, fuck you. I give a fuck. <laughs> You're a cunt. Suck my dick, bitch. They let me learn, but they thought it was appendicitis, so they wouldn't let me take any painkillers. So I was lying there for four hours begging God to kill me. I was like, just kill me, kill me! Because it was just ripping from my... What does it feel? Where does it start? It starts here? Yeah, it starts... My wife got some... The pain in my dad's had him his whole life. Sometimes up here, in your upper back. That's where my pain is. Yeah. And then it goes down... You better drink more water. I just drink Diet Coke. No, drink water. 
I'm a big Diet Coke guy. But water's better for it. Tito's and soda? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Tito's and water. Tito, no. Can't dilute it. You never heard of vodka and water? No. Or vodka and ice and then let it sit there. I was a bartender. Vodka and water. Really? Yeah. Really? Where were you bartending? It was a big drink. I, I bartended all over the city in, in Brooklyn, too. I bartended a place, a, a mob place, Bay Ridge, one time, and had a fight with this nerdy waiter after work. A shitty attitude, drunk, getting a fight. Next day, my friend calls me, he goes, don't come back to work. And I go, yeah, but I want to come at least to get my paycheck. He goes, don't come back. He goes, in fact, don't come back to Bay Ridge for a few months. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. But who was the waiter? He was like a nephew of Gambino and one of those guys. Like, they were the owners. Shut which up. I kind of knew they were the owners, but, you know. Don't come back to Bay Ridge. Yeah, yeah don't come back. Because exactly. you would see them in there, you know, but you never, you know. I didn't think this idiot worked for, he didn't even see him in town. No way to grow up to be Ralph Macchio. Then I worked at St. Mark's Bar and Grill, and then I worked uh, a bunch of places. St. Mark's? I worked at the, uh, the only jobs I had here were uh, the Barnes & Noble Astro Place. Which one? Astro Place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I saw a girl get beat down on rollerblades one day. What? Why? Was it Ray Rice night? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no. She, uh, there were two doors. You, there were two doors. There was a set of doors you walked in, and then there was like a little... Hallway, and then another set of doors get in the store, right? And so uh, they're like, hey, Bert, there's a confrontation outside. Will you go take a look at it and see what's going on? And it's this white girl with three black girls. And so I go out to the open the outside doors, and as I open the outside doors, they start coming in with me. And so now I'm in the middle of the front, and she's in rollerblades. And I go, hey, guys, guys, calm down, calm down. The black guys, girl's like, she called me the N-word. And I was like, what? And then the girl in the roller base goes, she is. And she called all of them. And I just got out and they beat her down in that uh, little locked thing. And she was on rollerblades. She kept slipping around. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. It was insane. <laughs> I was like, oh, welcome to New York. <laughs> I like how you got out of the way. Yeah, she just got out of I the way. I like that you were the guy they sent out. Yeah. Were you the manager or something? No, I worked at the information desk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The guy at the information desk is sort of a half bouncer. Yeah, they were like, come on in. Yeah, that was fucking, oh. Yeah, I used to work right down the block at St. Monk Margaret. Did you ever go over there? Uh, no, I don't think so. And then, and then I worked the door at Boston, and I remember this this Puerto Rican couple came up, and they were like, uh, hey, is it good in there tonight? And I said, yeah, but you guys probably shouldn't go in. And they were uh. like, why? And I said, well, they're smoking in there. And they are like, huh? I said, because she's pregnant. <laughs> Oh, and, she was pregnant. And the guy went like this. Oh, shit. <laughs> I just stepped to the no. side. <laughs> no. I was like, you're not, you're not pregnant? <laughs> she fucking went off on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, one of my favorite Patrice stories. So the first day I got my job working at Boston Comedy Club, which was my 26th, two days after my 26th birthday, Jim Norton, Bobby Kelly, and Patrice O'Neill are on the street and by that firehouse, and they're catcalling. Patrice is catcalling women. Girls are walking by. He's like, damn, it's a fat ass. I don't know Patrice at all. I mean, I know him a little bit, but not enough to talk to him or anything, but I'm working the door. And I just kind of laugh at what he's doing. He's like, what are you laughing at? I said, that's the worst way to pick up a woman in, in the world. He goes, oh, really? He's like, how would you do it? So a girl walks by, and I go, hey, you look like you've had a rough day. Um, why don't I buy you a glass of wine and we can talk about it? And she goes, uh, I'm good, and kept walking. And Patrice starts mocking me 
aggressively right but i but it was fun and people don't understand that but it was fun because it was like bobby and jim they're everyone's laughing and i'm talking to them and she hears patrice making fun of me and she comes back and she goes i'll take you up on that glass of wine and patrice is like everyone's like what the fuck i had just gotten the job working the door and that was my dream and i was like i can't and she went excuse me (laughs) oh my god i just got my dream job this is what i want to do for a living I, i can't leave this job I go, I can't go. And she was like, you're being serious right now? And Patrice was like, go, idiot. He was like, go. I go, I can't. I just got my dream job. And she goes, okay. And then Patrice is like, I'll go with you. <laughs> she goes, no. And just kept walking. Oh. And, and they mocked me fucking horrifically. That's hilarious. Yeah, but it was like, I was like, oh, this is my. And then Karen Burgreen, four Puerto Ricans I brought in sitting up front. Karen Burgreen came off stage, stage crying. And Louis Shaper comes out and he goes, you want to be a fucking comedian? Get on stage. And I destroyed these guys in the most probably hateful racial tirade that was fresh out of Tallahassee. Oh. Just destroyed them. And uh, But I didn't have any material. That's all I could do was fucking right. light them up. How funny is that? That was your first set of Boston? First set of Boston. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> I know. Four Puerto Ricans. Karen Burgreen, I remember that. Karen Burgreen walked off crying and I walked on. And I had brought these guys in and set them down. One of the guys was going to prison the next day. And I sat him in the front row. And I said, I said, what time do you got to make it to prison tomorrow? No one knew that he was really going to prison. Right. And so everyone yeah, laughed. Laugh. Right. And he was like, hey, man, you better watch yourself. I go, oh, hey, in my act, when it says the sto- stupid Puerto Rican chimes in, I'll point to you. And everyone laughed again. And then his buddies laugh. And I go, shouldn't you be? Your bike, the delivery's getting cold on your bike outside. And everyone goes fucking nuts. They get up, they walk out. Everyone cheers. I didn't have any fucking material. I was, I was like, all right, who else is Puerto Rican in here? <laughs> That's all I could do. I ended up singing the Aaliyah song on stage. <laughs> what happened to Schaefer? Louis Schaefer? He lives in London. With two young boys. Yeah, we yeah. had a roast for him right before he left. They had a roast and he was there. Oh, it was a roast for Hassan, the cook. Yeah. And then Louis was leaving. And Jim Norton goes, Louis Schaefer's moving to London because yeah, they don't have a Megan's line. Law over there. Because what? They don't have a Megan's Law. <laughs> Megan's <there>. Law. <laughs> you ever hear one of my favorite Louis Schaefer ones was Judy Gold's about to go on stage. And Lewis goes, Judy, what do you want me to say about you? And she goes, Lewis, I don't really care. And she goes, just please don't make a joke about my height. Whatever the fuck you say, don't make a joke about my height. Because that's all he did. Right. So Lewis goes, okay. And she goes, did you understand me? Don't make a joke about my height. And he goes, sure. So he gets on stage and he goes, what can I say about this next woman except for fee fi fo fo Perfect. Uh, he was so funny, but not when he wasn't right. trying. When he was trying to be right, funny, right, he wasn't right. funny. Yeah, his act- I, there's still things. There's <laughs> a lot of people like that. Oh. So funny. Yeah, their act gets in the way of their funny. Yes. Yeah. There's a guy, Mike Burton, who is the funniest human being in the world, but his act never translated. Right, I remember him. He was out of L.A. He's He has every great comedy story. He got a call one time from Vegas. They go, hey, we got a job. Uh, you're going to be opening for Michael Bolton. So come out, bring a suit. It's five grand. You just got to do 20 minutes. And he was like, great. So he goes in, he goes in. It's a huge theater. Everyone's having big dinner tables, right? Mike, Mike Burton's like uh, this tall, bald. And uh, and he goes out and they go, all right, you're going to do 20. But they go, we may have to stretch because he's, he's running late. And he goes, oh, I'm fine. I got plenty of time. So they go, all right, house lights dim. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, Put your hands together for Michael Burton. They think they say Bolton. He comes out. He comes out and they like, he cut his hair. He cut his hair. And he starts doing stand-up. And they're like, wait, what's he doing? Oh, God. 20 minutes. I got a better one about Michael Burton. This is the best one. He gets this new 
He has an apartment right at the base of Laurel Canyon, right? It's perfect. The building, his floor is the top floor, and the building next to him is one story lower than theirs, so he's got an unobstructed view to all the fucking hills. It's gorgeous. He gets there, he's got no furniture whatsoever. All it's got is a landline into the middle of the living room. And so he walks in, power's not on, phone's on, but he's gonna sleep there. Walks into his room and he's just walking around. He's like, I made it. I got my own apartment in Hollywood. I mean, I got a beautiful view. I'm paying for myself. I'm doing it as a comic. Grabs a phone, calls his girlfriend and they have an emotional conversation about how he's made it in this business. And it turns into a sex talk. And he goes, you know what? Let's christen this place. Talk to her to me. I'm going to jack off. She's like, all right. So he starts talking to her. And he's jacking off. He's jacking off. Starts talking dirty. He comes. And as soon as he comes, he hears a hundred people go, oh, there's a rooftop party <laughs> parallel with his big bay windows. And they've been watching him jack off the whole time. <laughs> he's the funniest fucking guy. And he doesn't do that on stage. No, it, no, I don't think he does stand up. I think he teaches Krav Maga now. But he never did that. On never stage. did it on stage. He just the he, funniest shit in the world. I'm gonna have to run this by him because I'm sure he'll be like, oh, you know what, you know what, you know what. <laughs> Krav Maga, we don't do that. <laughs> How about Bruce Minov? Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, I know. How you do know, I know that Bruce? great story? He's mm. a command from there. But you know Bruce Minov? You don't know him? He's Fuck a, yeah. We live in Florida now. But he, he used to be the MC at the comedy store. He used to have great stories. He used to tell yeah. all those great stories. And one of them was Johnny Carson back 1980. He's auditioning for Johnny Carson. Jim McCauley goes, Johnny's going to love you. So he goes up that night, doing his act. Jim's like, you know, the book hurt. He's like, Johnny's going to And he goes, does his act for Jim McCauley, but Johnny's going to be there that night. It's just an exciting night. They sit him in the back. So he starts not doing that well, and he starts getting heckled by a drunk. He's going, you suck, you suck. It's Johnny. Johnny Carson's drunk, and this guy stinks. He's terrible. So he's fucking bombs. Then he comes off stage, he's all devastated, you know. And then Jim McCauley's like, well, it's all right. And then Bud Friedman goes, uh, Johnny's drunk. Drive him home, Bruce. <laughs> so he, he goes, what? He goes, drive him home. So he has to get in Johnny's car and drive <laughs> him home. And Johnny's in the back with his date. And the whole time he's going, she's going, I thought he was funny. He goes, he's not funny. He goes, he stinks. He goes, you don't understand comedy. And a guy like that will never be on my show. He's not, it's so old, it's just depressing. His act stinks. He thinks he's, he's terrible just attacking him while he's driving. But meanwhile, all these people uh, saw Johnny Carson. So they were following the car up to Johnny's house. So they get to the gate and Johnny decides that Bruce told everybody that he lived like, follow me. Yeah. He's going, you fucking asshole. You fucking piece of shit. I'm going to talk to Bud and get you fucking, you're never going to work at that club again, you oh. fucking asshole. He told these people stuff. But oh. he's like 10 stories like that, you know. Well, those are the best when, when you see comics that are just hilarious off stage, and then the second they get off stage, it's 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 a disconnect. But I think that's every young comic too because I know, I was, yes. I was I think I was funny and then I go up and I'd be like, uh, I listen. I listen to myself, and I sound like I'm trying to sound cool. Like, what's up, y'all? What's up, guys? You know, right, right, right. And then I, it was just unbearable. And then you try to be funny, and it just fucking. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I feel like Nick was more of a natural. Weren't you more or less come out of the gate kind of swinging? Yeah, he had some early shit that was so hilarious too. Too good. There was a line. What was your joke? I still, I still say this. Uh, nah. Some people say they never said the N-word. Never said the N-word? Apparently you've never put a dime on a college yeah. basketball playoff game. Yeah. 
No, but his opening, he used to come out and go, yeah, the sandwich, what was the sandwich shop bit, remember? That was my first. Uh, his first. Well, I just, I, well, yeah, when I first went to New York, I went to go to Tuna Sandwich guy, and then that guy goes, you want mayo with that? No, no, it was the guy that with the one? plunger in his hands. Oh, that's the different, that's the end of the bit. I can't, wait, you're asking wait, me what's to read the bit? What's the bit? He's a 30 years old. I wait, can't fucking Yeah, mind. see if you can find your way well, through Well, Chappelle always, every time I see Chappelle, even now, he brings up, yeah, the guy asked me if I wanted tuna, and, I, and I'm like, no, that would make the sandwich much too moist and delicious. Don't <laughs> right. you have any broken glass or fucking road right. salt you can throw in there? And, and then, then uh, I can't remember the rest. I, how come I always get the guy that, you know, comes out with a plunger in his hand? Can I help you? Yeah, you can stop by boiling your hands. Fucking something about the rhino virus. I can't. People still, that's what, that's another painful thing. You know, that was literally my second year in the business, so eight, right. 18 months in, and they still request those jokes. Oh, dude. You know, I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> Chappelle always always goes much too moist and delicious to me. And it's almost like, it's not a compliment. I feel like he's digging me. You know, I'm like, that was 30 years ago, Dave. You no, but you, but you hear a joke sometimes, especially when you're younger. You'll yes. hear a joke. Yeah, and, you'll and just, it's burned in you. And mind. it'll burn on yeah. you because like, it's burned in you because I know that joke too. And then unbeknownst to you, you'll write a very similar joke right. and not even know you're doing it. I wrote one almost identical to that. I bought a flashlight one time. And the guy said... Do you want lube? And I said, no, I want to rape it. <laughs> like, what am I going to fucking <laughs> rob like, but, but it? But you write similar. One of your jokes, I remember you were working on, I saw you at the, oh my God, the funniest fucking Colin Quinn story ever. We do my travel channel show Trip Flip. And I have this brilliant idea where I'm going to get the kid, the two travelers that I'm taking, he's going to do stand-up. And instead of him having to write the material, I'm going to put an IFB in his ear. And I'm going to give the mic to Colin, and Colin will tell him jokes and teach him how to do crowd work. And the kid, all he has to do is repeat what Colin says. We think it's a genius idea. We don't realize the flaw is the kid's listening to Colin do stand-up. So we go, let's test it out. So we put me and the kid in the green room and Colin in the hallway. And Colin starts tearing me apart to the kid in his ear. And I go, all right, go. And he goes, okay. I was like, wait, this isn't going to work. He's just listening to Colin do stand-up. And that night you told a joke. You go, everyone's for the environment. Save the polar bear. Save the polar bear. Save the polar bear. Ladies and gentlemen, if a polar bear walked in here right now, you'd be throwing chairs at him. (laughs) (laughs) Now do one of mine. (laughs) All right, we're going to get you guys out of here. How long have we been going? Okay, dude, I really appreciate you guys doing this. You guys have, I can't tell you, it's like, I think I'm a fan more of comedy than comics sometimes, but like, you guys have made me laugh fucking harder than any two individuals for, I'm telling you straight for 14 years, since George of Christ was born, I have fucking followed you guys, this, anything you do. Is this the end of every show where you go, you two have made me laugh? <laughs> I was trying to picture who else would be sitting here and saying that. Savo Kano and Chris D. <laughs> <laughs> a couple hours ago. Yeah, I've hours never left harder. Big J dance soda. <laughs> 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 but no, seriously, thank you guys for doing this. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Appreciate Anything it. Anything to plug real quick? Anything to plug? Nick? Uh, NickDip.com, uh, Monday through Thursdays uh, at 6 p.m. East. 
I don't know. I can't remember. Fucking. And the new special. It's, the new special, Breath of Fresh Air, which this is going to be airing. It's on YouTube. You can go to it right now. There will be a, a link in this in the bio for this. You can click on that link. Go check it out. Yeah. It is an hour of free stand-up. That is how you should promote yourself. First Amendment free speech. It, it's unadulterated, and uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's, you know. If you get triggered, don't watch it. But if you get triggered, watch it. I think you enjoy getting triggered. Yeah, that's where yeah. half the views Column. come from. Um, this is October. I'm, I'm doing the Harvest Moon Festival <laughs> in Woodstock, New York. And then I'm doing something on All Saints Day, which is November 1st. A lot of people don't have shows then. <laughs> Macy's Day. And we're going to try to revamp Tough Crowd. And we're going to try to revamp Tough Crowd. Oh, please. Do you realize how, how fucking quick that show would go viral? Yeah. Yeah. How quick I'm somebody just, would get I would, shot. I just, it's going to be my passion project to try to get someone to fund it so that I can be well, on the crowd. Well, you can I, afford a tour bus, for Christ's sake. You can fund this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you guys very thank much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Sarge. Great, guys. That was fuck. I'm Woo! sweating my fucking ass. That was great. That was, it was awesome. delicious. That was funny. Yeah. You ready? Hey, guys. Thanks for watching Tough Crowd. Oh, he, wow, he really does up. this happen as much. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Something's burning. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, and just enjoy. Great. Yeah. Guys, that's all right. Great reviewing. That's a fucking wrap. Yeah, how about being a nice? That was.